Oh, thank you. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good afternoon. How are you? How are you? How's the day? Kent H. coming to you from Houston, Texas. It is February the 22nd. Sorry, been absent. We had a little holiday vacation and now we're back. It's time for what's happening in the week in the world and what do we think about it. Our program again coming to you live from Houston, Texas. Always available to you on the iTunes podcast under my name, Kent Hurst, or www. Proud sponsor, proudly sponsored by Travel and Leisure Magazine, Harry and David, catalogs and food items, and of course, Design Toscano. Fantastic sponsors. We thank you again for joining us. Very simple format, of course, new to the program. We'll talk a little bit about the USA, a little bit about entertainment, a little bit about sports. We'll take a small little break, then we'll come back and we'll talk about things in our world and what's happening, and our final segment will be about what we think about these items. Very simple, very easy, very hot topic in the news today. Parents very nervous. Their kids are addicted to their phones, and I will agree. Survey would suggest, although the parents themselves only think they're addicted by 32% of those parents surveyed, they believe overwhelmingly 47% of those parents believe their kids are completely addicted to the telephones. We'll have plenty more to talk about that, as you can imagine, but I'm not surprised. You see it in the restaurants as an absolute pacifier for a 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, or 12-year-old. You see it as a, a quieting tool for parents that are just needing a little moment of rest or, re, re, you know, that time out, if you will. And so they hand the phone, they hand the iPad, they hand the phone to the kids and say, play a game, do something, let me have some peace. It's quite clear. I'm not surprised at all by these statistics. It's quite interesting that the parents are finally waking up since they're the ones that put the phones in the kids' hands. Well, that is what it is, and sure enough, that's what we'll continue to talk about. But that's... Are your kids addicted? Do you feel you're addicted? Can you put the phone down and go out for an evening and have a nice time with your friends? Can you go out and have a nice time with your family without your phone in your hands? Is that possible? We'll find out. Because I, I, I personally, I, I'm able to. I'm completely able to. I'm able to do it. I'm able to put the phone away. In fact, I'm quite the phone, maybe you want to call me the phone jerk, but I'm very willing to walk away from a conversation, walk away from you, in fact, a dear friend, if you spend more time on your phone than you tend to spend looking at me, talking to me while we're out together over a coffee, over a dinner, over a meal, over a lunch, over a whatever. If the phone is more important to you than our conversation, you've made your decision and you'll live with it. But I can promise you that I'll walk away. And I may not be alone. Maybe I am alone. But I certainly find it no problem to say, that phone will not dictate my life. And it certainly is not something. If you... I've always told people, both in business and pleasure, if you're going to get Kent Hurst or if for some reason you get my answering machine, it's a pretty simple deal. There's only one thing happening, and that's probably I'm with my horse. Midnight and I share an exclusivity that is very, very private. 
And not only safety issues, of course, when you're riding a horse or messing with a thousand pound animal, you better have your wits about you, your strength about you, and your hands free. But I certainly would agree that these people that want to put the phone in the kids' hands and then complain about it, they've kind of done it to themselves. Wouldn't you agree? Am I the only one that thinks that? I'll be interested to hear your comments, and I'm grateful to, again, everybody that sends back messages and recordings and and all. I appreciate the, 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 the well wishes. And so it's an interesting topic, and I'm, I, I, it makes me crazy. In Europe, if you have your phone in your car, in your hand, you will immediately be pulled over. If you have a phone anywhere near your person and you're on the phone near a school, they'll pull you over and fine you $200. I find that whole thing quite interesting, that we believe the phones are dangerous in our hands around the schools, but not at a restaurant, not at your house, not whatever. So somebody's paid attention. Somebody has suggested there is a moment where it's a safety issue, a hazard issue, a concern for well-being, but yet we don't do anything about it. Well, that's what's topic one in the USA. And, of course, we'll talk later about the Reverend Dr. Billy Graham famous, famous, famous evangelical pastor, passed away at the age of 99, born in 1918, died yesterday, 2018, and uh, at the age of 99. It is said that he reached, well, I'll save that for later, shall we? Yeah, let's save that for later. Let's move on into entertainment. In our entertainment section, of course, Oprah Winfrey, very powerful, powerful lady, the most famous black entertainer probably with the, certainly the riches to go with it as she owns her own network now. So she is, uh, again, battling uh, the master Dr. Trump. President Trump, of course, went after Oprah saying that she was on the 60 Minutes. I don't know if you all saw that, but on the 60 Minutes... She was in a group of 14 individuals and quite biased, quite difficult, quite whatever. And she, uh, she got a tweet, as uh, many will do, and certainly she had to go on The Ellen Show, a very favorite platform for people in the entertainment world or on the Democratic left side, if you will, to go on The Ellen Show and make their comments known and badmouth. Uh, conservatism or conservative politics or the president himself, no fan on the Ellen show. And so Oprah gave her two cents. It'll be a program shown today if you care to watch it or watch it on the YouTube. But she'll blast President Trump as she, of course, oh, I'm always fair. Well, we'll talk about that later as well. But anyway, that's happening in our entertainment world, and we find that to be rather interesting. Moving on over, in fact, we've got a new setup here that we're not going to have to take those uh, commercial breaks and you have to bounce around on your programming. It'll just run straight through the entire program. So we're proud of that new update and a new uh, system and we have working for us. How about the sports? We move into our final segment in the United States on sports. And back at the Olympics, if you're not tired of it yet, it's got one more week to go. Norway certainly pounding in the medal count. They're leading the count with 35 total medals. Germany in second place with 25, shortly after Canada. And America has moved into fourth place, toppling the Netherlands at 17. But America now has 21 total medals. We have a lot to thank for the women's hockey team for that, as they did defeat Canada and win the gold medal in women's ice hockey. So congratulations on those guys. 
and congratulations on them for winning. Olympics still going on. You'll still find it on the MS, uh, NBC Sports Network, of course, NBC during the evening and the night programs as they are 13 hours ahead of us. So you get a lot of live coverage late in the night as it is there next morning. Another part of the news, of course, as we get into basketball, if you like basketball, March Madness is coming around the corner. NCAA basketball tournament, which is really, really fun to watch. 64 teams get into this big draft. Everybody makes a grid, let's say, or their basketball pool in the office or at the at the house or in the schools or whatever, and you're with your friends, and you make your grid, and you make your predictions all the way through. And it's quite fun, I must admit. Sadly, note, Louisville will not be in this year's March Madness basketball tournament as the overriding NCAA committee has again responded that they will not continue. They lost their 2013 title based on a scandal that happened at their school university involving some escort services to the players. That was withheld and upheld and certainly that is what's going to continue to keep them out of the March Madness. But it is a great tournament, even if you don't really like basketball so much. These kids are battling it out. It's it's win or go home. It's a great tournament. And so everything's on the line. So many upsets every single year. You never can get it right in the brackets, in fairness. Warren Buffett puts out the, if you get your bracket right, he'll give you a million dollars. And I think he's given out a couple million uh, since he started that program. It's a fun little event, but again, it'll be on all the channels. they got to get the Olympics done, and then they'll do the March Madness Tournament. And uh, it's quite, quite exciting. So if you don't like basketball, but but you'll like this, I can promise you, it is going to be fun for you. Let's move into the world segment. We'll take a small little break, and we'll be right back. Here we are. If you're going to travel the world, I can't recommend a magazine more than I do. Travel and Leisure is that magazine, delivered to your door every single month, 12 issues, one year's total. We'll get you that fresh, clean magazine delivered to your door for $29.99. $29.99 will put you in the spot of the hottest vacations, neatest uh, bars, restaurants all over the world. What a fantastic magazine. I love mine. I read it every month, and I'm grateful to them for being a part of this show. If you'd like to be a part of Travel and Leisure or have that delivered to your house, real simple, again, www.travelandleisure.com backslash order today or call 866-737-8037. Travel and Leisure will put you there. All right, gang, let's move our next into into the world as we span the globe. What's happening in our world? Well, there's a lot going on. You know, we've had this uh, Iranian deal that the president who said going into the election, I'm going to kill it. Advisors said, please don't kill it. Many people said they're not following the rules. We put a lot of sanctions and pressure on the Iranians and the Iranian government. They continue to do bad things. And it's quite interesting, all that pressure, all that conversation, and Trump badmouthing him all the time. The Iranians have now claimed we might be the ones to pull out of the Iranian deal. So, how about that? Instead of the Americans canceling the deal or killing the deal and everybody getting mad once again at our president, 
the Iranians pull out. Might as well pull out. They're not living up to the terms and conditions of the deal anyway. We all know it. We, that's why they keep getting sanctioned. And so, yeah, if it goes away, I'm fine with that in fairness. And if they can, if they can pull out themselves, good for them. Couldn't have happened to a nicer country. All right, how about this? If you're going to be in the U.N., of course, uh, Assad has continued to cause trouble in Syria, and once again, he's been caught. And so the United Nations will vote this week on a 30-day ceasefire to just allow some humanitarian efforts to get into that country and help out and make it a little bit more survivable for those people left behind or not able to leave but involved in that conflict, uh, trapped, if you will. So hopefully they'll vote. I don't doubt that they'll vote. I don't doubt they'll vote unanimously 30-day ceasefire in Syria on the agenda at the United Nations. Don't know where you stand on the crude oil position or your feelings on oil exploration or making America energy independent as the president and some conservatives would like to believe. But we have reached a milestone in crude oil. And if you're in the oil industry, and I'm certainly in that, certainly have been for 28 years or more, and uh, living here in Houston, it's hard not to be. There's two major industries here in the city of Houston, Texas. It's either oil and gas or medical, and we've got two of the finest areas in both. Both medical facilities are fantastic and world-renowned. And the oil and gas market will stop the world short, uh, as it did, let's say, during Harvey and all those things. So the world takes a, a big look at, at, at what's happening in America and the crude oil prices. And so we are trying to draw a bit more of our own oil reserves and oil energy uh, ideas so that we can kind of get into it and not be so dependent on the OPEC nations. And we reached a big milestone Sunday. U.S. crude export milestone happened Sunday. That was four days ago. It's called the loop. If you're not familiar with that term, that's the Louisiana offshore oil platform. And that is port, I guess. It's the port platform. They'll call it the loop. But that is where large vessels, they call these very large crude carriers, VLCCs, that can hold over a million barrels, maybe even up to two million barrels of crude oil, those VLCCs can get into this loop and start with, uh, loading their crude oil. And, uh, of course, that's, that's where it's happening. So we'll talk more about that in a wee section, but reached a milestone in the United States in the fact that we now are having export oil out of the country instead of only into the country. That's very cool. We'll come right back after this break and we'll continue. Hey, if you've got a lawn or a garden that you're proud of, but you don't have anything in it, I'm going to recommend you this. This is quite, quite fun. It's, you know, those ceramic guard accents, those garden accents, a little fox or that little polar bear or a little, you know, panda bear or a little monkey or the deers are very popular, of course. Perhaps you want an owl coming at you or a little kitty or something. I highly can suggest our new sponsor, of course, coming into us, and that's Design Toscano, D-E-S-I-N-T. 
G-N-Toscano, T-O-S-C-A-N-O.com. Fantastic furniture, accents, fun things to do. They are a, a, a magazine that has just got a whole wealth of stuff from furniture stuff, kind of, again, like the Sky Mall magazine, but now that that's out of business, we get our stuff from Design Toscano. Can't recommend it enough. It's quite a fun little magazine. All right, gang, thanks for staying with me as we round the corner. We're heading for the house. Let's go back to a couple of things we talked about earlier tonight. Billy Graham. Never met the man, but boy, did I see him on TV enough and know about him being a believer myself. He is uh, the statistics, right? If you want to just be, you know, everything's analytics these days and all the numbers are popular and how's the statistics and blah, blah, blah. But just listen to these stats. There is uh, his family and the, and the not the foundation, but certainly his, his organization there had kept up the numbers. And if you know anything about Billy Graham, he would do these very straightforward messages. God and Jesus Christ are the answer. And then at the end of his sermons, he would offer kind of what they call the altar call. And people would come out of their seats and come forward and stand and then pray. And at that moment, they would accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so he would travel the world and deliver his sermons and messages, and these altar calls would come. And they've kept track, apparently, of his years of these altar calls. And it is believed, and this is just the physical people coming down to the stage after his messages were in the numbers 3.2 million souls, million individual people came and made that very, very personal decision to accept Jesus Christ. So it's a very incredible deal, and and just the numbers. So forget, that's just the personal numbers, right, of the people that physically came down. If you think about that, 3.2 million people you have have influenced or been a part of their lives and a life-changing moment in their lives. And that, again, doesn't record those on the television that had the same moment, those on the radio that had the same moment, those heard years later on a YouTube recording or later on a recording on a CD or a DVD or a VCR. The man lived 99 years. He accepted the Lord at the age of 16, and he has passed away. His last sermon was given to the United States over a video conference uh, format, and he was 93. All that time influencing and encouraging others to be better. Even heads of state, he's, you know, he, he was with many presidents, influenced and prayed, was at many inauguration ceremonies. Didn't matter the party. was a, Everybody tells the same story. One of the most humble men you had ever met in your life and yet so influential and so aware of his passion and his message and focus on what he wanted to do and get accomplished, and sure enough, he did. Queen Elizabeth would say, I've never met a more humble man in my life, as again, one of many very, very famous people that he came in contact with and never talked about it, never showed off about it, never promoted how special he was or whatever that meant. 
He simply had a message and a passion, and he delivered on both every single time. We will miss him. We will miss his goodness. We will miss his message, and we hope to have learned something from his 99 years. I know I did. So it takes us a turn to the in, you know influencers of our generation and influencers. Who's been an influencer? Well, once again, Oprah was in the news as we talked about a minute earlier, and I have I'm not going to get into whether you like her or not. She's an influencer. There's no doubt about it. You have to take Oprah seriously. All it seems like all those people, entertainers or the like or celebrities or whatever that could just get away with one named words, right? Ike, Trump. Uh, Reagan, Madonna, Oprah, Prince, Michael, you know, all of these one-name people, you have to take them seriously. They have influence beyond the reach of normal man or man or woman. But I really wish they'd stop their political back and forth. Stick to what you know. Stick to your own entertainment venue. And stick with what you know. Trump was a businessman. He carried that business into television program. Now he's our president. Oprah is not wanting to be president, so don't get political. So that's just kind of my thoughts on that subject. I'm not really a big fan of the entertainers getting into the political world, the sports figures getting into the political world. You've heard me say it before. I think they should kind of leave it alone. Folks, our final subject tonight, I want to educate, if I can, let me be a little influencer here. In our last segment, I want to talk a little bit more about the oil. Is It is a job of mine. It has been a passion of mine. It has been a lucrative career of mine. And I must admit, it's fascinating, and I'm very glad to be an American, but here we are. Just so you know, let me quick educate. To get oil from, let's say, America to China... They normally would load what they call these Aramax or Aframax or Suez Max kind of vessels. And those will carry up to, let's say, 800,000 barrels. They'll take those vessels, shoot them through the Panama Canal. And on the opposite side on the West Coast, in the Atlantic Ocean, they will, or the Pacific Ocean, they'll, they'll have the, uh, the VLCCs we talked about earlier. So they would load those cargoes on the VLCC. The VLCC would turn and head off to China. Well, Asia has, before Hurricane Harvey, they were 40% of exports from America were going to China. After Harvey, since Harvey, we have doubled that volume. So now 80% of the cargoes going to Asia are coming from America. That's pretty cool. We used to just be giving them 600,000 barrels at a time. Now we're up to a million or two million. They get on these VLCCs, these very large crude carriers that can carry over a million or two million, up to two million barrels of oil, and they race off to China. And so it's exciting times if you're in the oil business. It's great for America to be a bigger player on the global stage instead of just bringing it to me. We take it all. No, we are now in a position to deliver some as well. 
So that's very encouraging, and it's a great step forward, and I hope that that has given you some sort of insight to why and what is the relationship further and deepening between America and China. We depend on so many of their goods. They give us a lot of money on the tab, and that's why we have such a debt, and most of that debt is owed to China. So we're very intricately linked together, both China and America, but now even more so in the oil reserves that we are able to deliver on our oil that we have, and they seem to be buying it. They seem to be taking it, and we'll let them, of course. So it's good times. It's good all around. Thank you again for joining us at WWW. What's happening this week, and what do we think about it? I'm Ken Hurst, and again, always a pleasure. Keep your notes and letters and all that registered coming to me. I'm grateful. It's been a great evening. We're going to power down and say thank you so much. Good to see you. See you tomorrow. Oh, thank you.